Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on this 16th day of February. Uh, really good day on my day job today. I'm out of the Nashville, Middle Tennessee area and uh, dodged a bunch of storms today. We're supposed to have a lot of really bad storms. We did have some, but nowhere near as bad as I thought they were going to be. And I hope everybody's staying safe in the southeast region of the country. I know that... Um, had a lot of thunderstorm issues here, tornado watches and everything in this part of the country. Uh, good show I got for you tonight. Sean Payton putting together an all-star staff with him in Denver. I'll give you my thoughts about that. Rex Ryan. Now my guy, Mike Wessoff, a uh, uh, former special teams coach with Sean Payton. Uh, he put out a hint now that he's going to go talk to Sean Payton. Uh, we'll get into that. Also, there's a couple of stories here that I've got busy and I haven't got a time. Uh, there's been so much news in the NFL lately that I just haven't had time to touch on. Uh, one of them being Tony Romo. Funny story there with the intervention story. I know this is a few weeks old, but I haven't got a chance to comment on it. Uh, with with the CBS, it has nothing to do with drugs or alcohol, but I thought it was kind of a funny thing there. Uh, NBA may be returning to NBC. Also, we'll talk about that. And Major League Baseball, the Athletic had a story last month that I totally missed about possibly uh, making a pitch to bring Major League Baseball to Nashville, Tennessee area. Also, um, well, that then again, that may be it, folks. That's a lot of different stories to talk about here on Sportscope. Okay, uh, we'll take our first break, get it out of the way. Come back in a minute 19. I'll hit the ground running here on Sports Scope. Hello, Sports Scope followers. After five years of doing this program, once a week, balancing a 60-hour work week job, I've decided to do the program five days a week, one hour a night, taking a significant pay cut. So I've started a Patreon page, which is Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash Sportscope, spelled the same way at the bottom of the screen you see there, for $5 a month, 17 cents a day. You can help support the program. You ask yourself, why Sportscope? Well, I bring in such big names uh, such as Al Borges, former Auburn offensive coordinator, and, and I cover the big news uh, in sports that the corporate media will not cover. If you want to contribute more than $5 a month, you can go use the cash app. The cash tag is Sports Scope, again, spelled the same way. Or you can go to the Zelle app, sportsscope at gmail.com. Uh, Sports Scope has about 5,000 followers and growing. If you want to advertise on the program, you can email me. The word is Sports Scope, spelled the same way again, at gmail.com. Thank you and enjoy the program. All righty, then I'm back here live on all links. Okay, now, uh, biggest story of the day, in my opinion, uh, the Celtics were not wasting any time on making Matt, excuse me, Joe Mazzula their permanent coach here. Now, uh, just to refresh some of you, what happened here, uh, Mazzula been serving, this is from the Athletic, serving as an interim head coach since uh, Ame Odoka. Uh, uh, got suspended for the 2022 
the whole season here, uh, Duca's suspension was a result in an intimate relationship with a female member of the organization, The Athletic reported. Uh, but Missoula's led this uh, team to uh, first place. We're coming up on the All-Star break, 42-17 and 17 in the Eastern Conference. He agreed to extension today, along with the promotion terms were not disclosed. The guy's 13, or 34 years old, 19th uh, uh, coach in franchise history. You know, I'll say this. Uh, a little bit of backstory. Athletics says he stepped into the role this past fall after serving as assistant coach for the Celtics since 2019. He was a full-time assistant under Brad Stevens. Now, remember Stevens, he went up to the uh, general manager booth, essentially, executive booth. Danny Ainge uh, took a step away, went on and took a uh, Utah job. And everything worked out over IME. Uh, this team, again, like I said before, I think that um, – also, check this out. ESPN Stats and Info says the Celtics are 42-17 and 17 this season. That's the best record in the Eastern Conference and the best prior to the All-Star break in the last 50 years by a team with a rookie coach there. So uh, they're killing it. Now, okay, first of all, he's 34 years old. That is – I have – I'll say this. I looked up some of the young, the youngest coach ever to win a championship was 30 years old. And I've got a list of coaches here who are around that age, 34 years old, but were um, considerably, uh, some of them really good, turned out to be really good coaches here. But that there was this one guy here, Pickles, back in the 40s. That's how far it goes back. He was 30 years old and won a championship. So, essentially, this guy's name is Buddy Jeanette, was a player coach for the 47-48 NBA champion Baltimore Bullets. He's 30 years old when they won a title. So, that goes back a long way. Uh, so some of you may ask, how was Eric Spolstra? Now, Spolstra was 37, so that was, I didn't realize he was that young when he, when they, uh, when the Heat won with Wade and, uh, Bosch and, of course, LeBron James. Now, I'll say this. This is what, if I'm, if I'm a Boston Celtics fan, I'm thinking to myself a couple of things. For them to make this quick a move, Maybe he's a hot commodity and they just don't they don't want anybody to try to intercept him after the season's over with. And of course, uh and, and they stuck dealing with the I'm a Aduka thing. So basically, I guess they're saying they fired there's not an official uh response from Boston that they fired Aduka, but essentially He's probably going to get another gig. He's probably going to get another gig from everything I'm reading according to The Athletic. Uh, coaches get other opportunities all the time, even after something like this has happened. Uh, for, for example, Roseanne Barr. Remember, she got totally canceled. Show got canceled. She made a comment about some politician that she thought was white and the woman had to be of mixed race, and uh, she she put some stuff out on Twitter or whatever. 
uh, totally got canceled. Well, now Roseanne Barr's making a comeback. She's been doing stand-up comedian comedy, and she's got some kind of uh, Fox thing coming uh, with, with uh, the streaming service. So there is a chance Saduka could get another shot here. Let's go back to some of the other coaches here. Uh, so I do think he'll probably get another shot. Made a, made a big mistake there, Corey. But, guys, you guys know a lot of you old-timers like myself. I'm somewhat of an old-timer. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy, you know, winning record with uh, the Knicks and the Rockets. He was 34 years old when he first got his head coaching job. Jeff Van Gundy. Uh, George Carl, uh, 34 years old. He coached 27 years when he first became a head coach now. Uh, 1175 and 874. Now, Lawrence Frank, a very good uh, play designer, did not turn out to be the head coach with the Nets that I thought he was going to be. He was only 34. Now, he's an example of a guy that didn't go well. 279, 335. You've got guys like um, Caleb Canals uh, for Portland, uh, 8 and 15. Uh, Sydney Lowe, 33 years old, very young, five seasons, 79 and 28. Uh, Ron uh, Ron Saunders, now that was Cliff Saunders, former Minnesota Timberwolves coach. He's 33 years old. Uh, he's 43 and 94 career uh, with, the, with the Timberwolves. Uh, Magic Johnson, guys, Magic Johnson was 35, one season, 5 and 11, totally gave up on uh, – Coaching the uh, coaching the, uh, the the Lakers. I mean, he, he's like, you know what? I'm I'm not I'm not trying to hear all this. Thirty five years old, uh, five and eleven. So there are some rare secessions. I, I think I'll say this: with the right players, Jeff Van Gundy could have could could have won a championship. I think he's that kind of coach. George Carl, same thing as well. Uh, you know, like I was talking to a friend of mine, Court. I, I do think that. This team is the favorite. I do think they'll win. Now, I think they're going to win the championship. Now, that being said, that being said, now, when you are coaching in the playoffs, it's all about substitutions, setting your lineup, a playoff lineup, not using everybody on the bench. I notice a lot of championship coaches, they will shorten their lineup. Sometimes you may see a coach use six, seven, eight players instead of eight, nine, and 10. Now, he might not do that, but there's going to be some adjustments to be had there, okay? So that is something I'm looking at. But the fact that Boston bit this quick tells me that they are overly impressed with what they're seeing on a day-to-day basis. They they are not uh, negotiating from a place of um, a weakness. Uh, 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 they're negotiating from strength. So they could not have to done anything, folks. They didn't have to sign him to an extension. I mean, look at the, look at Jason Tatum playing at an MVP level. Uh, you look at Jalen Brown. Everybody is coming in sync. Robert Williams, uh, knock on wood, has stayed fairly healthy. Okay? So they, in other words... If they fall short, essentially, they that this would be a hot job for another coach here. So this would be a really good job for to bring somebody else in on. The fact that they extended him so soon tells me that management, 
Brad Stevens, everybody involved, ownership, they're looking at him saying, man, this dude is killing it. He's doing a really good job. This team is running itself. For sure, I'll know. Okay. Uh, I mean, took this team immediately to the finals, game six. They looked like the better team most of that series against Golden State. Okay. But when you take over for a coach, when you take over, his story says that a lot of times, a lot of times the team will do well the first year. The team will do well the first. For example, this is a football example. When pay, when and, um, Bill Parcells was running the Dallas Cowboys, when he was running the Dallas Cowboys, he had a fallout, go figure, kind of like Jimmy Johnson, with, with Jerry Jones. When he stepped down and then they brought in Wade Phillips, the first year they went 13-3 and three under Wade Phillips, uh, didn't win the Super Bowl any, or anything. Then the team went like 9-7 and seven the second. There was a big drop-off. There's a big drop-off the second year. So then you start to know, okay, maybe this guy was just living off of the culture, the tone that the previous coach set, even though Aduka's only, what, like one year there. But you, you, I don't think that's the case. But this time next year, if this team is hovering around a five or six seed in the East, and maybe they may have come up short because of his bad substitutions, or way he managed the playoffs, and they and they they just they didn't get back to the finals, and then you see them hovering around a four. Then you realize you've made a big mistake. I don't expect that to happen, but oftentimes when you have the interim coach, good things happen early, and then they fall apart. For example, okay, I love using this story because it's a great series. It's a great series. Um, I tried to cancel my cable four or five times since doing this show, uh, my premium stations. And one of them was Showtime. And long story short, I couldn't get it canceled. They 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 credited the money back, but I couldn't get it canceled. So I actually been keeping Showtime. Now I'm probably just going to keep it because my money situation is pretty good. And uh, this uh, winning time series about the early uh, L.A. Lakers years, fascinating pickles, fascinating, Corey, uh, with Jerry West, Magic Johnson, young Jerry Buss. We talked about this before in 79 when this starts to come together, okay? And um, let's see, make sure I got all the names correct here before I start guessing here. I want to say this guy's name was... Um, not Paul with uh, Jack McKinney. Okay, so Jack McKinney really invented Showtime. Nobody knows this, but Jack McKinney set up the Showtime uh, this, with the Lakers with with with, with uh, young Magic, twenty year old Magic Johnson and Kareem. He had everything set in motion. Okay, remember Pat Riley was working as an announcer, uh, working with the organization. He was friends with Jerry Jerry West, but he wasn't part of this. His assistant coach guys. This is 79-80, okay. His assistant coach was Paul Westhead, all right? Very young guy, too. Very young guy. Uh, McKinney gets in a really bad 10-speed uh, accident uh, on his 10-speed. He goes in a coma. It's very serious, very serious. And 14 games into the season, uh, he's done. He's done. So this Paul Westhead guy uh, who – 
the friends, according to this series, and I'm sure this is true, Pat Riley, Pat Riley's kind of giving him advice, but he's stepping back. Westhead's coaching the team. We know what happened, okay? They win the championship, remember? Uh, Kareem gets hurt. Magic plays center. The rest is history. They win the championship. 14 games into another 14 game, right? Right around the first 20 games. To the next season, to the 81 season, uh, the guy steps down. The guy steps down. Magic complains. He's not the coach. That was the tone set by McKinney. McKinney set the tone the year before or camp or whatever. He set the tone. This guy took it, ran with it, won the championship. Now his tone is set. The team's not responding. Then the great Pat Riley, who was also an in-house guy. So it did work for two two out of three chances. He was an in-house guy. So Pat Riley takes over. They go on and win, I want to say, four more championships. Four more championships with, with Magic there. So it this is a... Um, you can kind of see. You, you'll get to know by this time next year... You'll know if Missoula's the guy. Okay. Again, they are favored to win the championship. I still think, and a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people, I'm sorry, people at work. Uh, I had uh, John on yesterday. Uh, we're talking about uh, he, he thinks that they, they could potentially win the championship with Phoenix. You know, Terrence Ross there. Uh, Terrence Ross there. I want to say Colin Cowherd is saying they're going to win the championship in Phoenix uh, finals. I'm not sure about Kevin Durant, 34 years old. They're like hovering around a four or five seed. And then you've also got 37-year-old Chris Paul. You're going to have to have Booker step up and play way over his head. Aiden's been playing well. I have not. I've been seeing Aiden, uh, uh, DeAndre Aiden. And they're very well coached there. They could very well pull this thing off. I think they're going to come up short uh, when this second half starts and uh, because they lost a lot of depth players, some defensive players. I think they're going to come up short. I think injuries will catch up with them. Uh, same thing. I mean, people's already really high on Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. They're already really high on the Lakers because they played well last night. I bet the Lakers last night. I had a, I had some free bets left over from betting the Super Bowl from FanDuel. And I took the Lakers minus four and a half because I knew that they were pretty uh, pretty healthy. And with Russell, D'Angelo Russell in there, and LeBron coming back, and they played really well uh, against the Pelicans without Zion Williamson. But now people are ready to crown them. They're ready to crown the Lakers, and Lakers are sitting there at like a 13th seed or something like that, four or five games under 500. With age, uh, so going back to the Boston, I think Boston's going to be good. I do think, especially if they can hang on to that one seed, if they can hang on to that one seed, uh, they wouldn't meet uh, probably Milwaukee to the Eastern Conference Finals. Not like last year where they had two seven-game series, really hard fought in the second and third round, maybe one seven-game series, and meet this team in the Conference Finals. You get that long layoff before the finals come in, and uh, maybe it's not Denver. You know, maybe you have a better record. You got home court, and you play in Denver. Uh, it's going to be a great, great playoff. But I, w- I was really surprised, guys. I'm not exaggerating. I was surprised that Boston this soon would make 
uh, Missoula, the head coach. That tells you something. Uh, Pickles says the Lakers aren't going anywhere but home. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, they look good for a little while, and then they're going to run out of gas. LeBron is only human. Uh, uh, Pat Riley played guard for the Lakers. Yeah, uh, Imi is a very solid coach. Yeah, yeah, Corey. Yeah, he he's. I think he's a good coach. Remember, he was very close, guys, to being named the head coach of the Nets. Uh, stuff like this, you got to let the heat kind of kind of cool down a little bit. Things get a little fuzzy in people's memories. You know he's a good coach. And then maybe take another year off. Probably not even that. Bring him in next year. Maybe in 25. Something like that. The guy. Now, if he does it again, it's on him. He's got some major problems. You know. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised um, at what. Uh, that he's not working. And uh, the team is doing really well. Whoever he is coaching. You know, and hopefully maybe it's Memphis. I've been saying this for a while. Memphis probably is good. They're going to come up short this year. Okay. I'm thinking that they're, they they need more ball movement. They've got to get the ball and not be so John Morant dependent and maybe put him down in Memphis somewhere. I mean, Duca, that's just me. That's just me. Uh Maybe Memphis goes on a run. I doubt it. I, th- I think they maybe when you know they're going to get a very good seating, maybe a three or two. Um, maybe they went around. Maybe not. I know they're deep. They still seem like they're one solid player short, and they need more ball movement. They need more team assist, like a Boston, like I just said. So, anyways, other news. Okay. Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan. Now this is not official yet, but Rex Ryan is rumored to be named the defensive coordinator of the Denver Broncos. Okay, and I'll tell you this: uh, Rex Ryan's former coach of of uh, head coach of of the, the the Jets and Buffalo Bills, not the best head coach in the world. But I'll tell you what: those first few years with the Jets. Defense was solid. They're very aggressive. Secondary, really good. Um, Really did well there. He was also the defensive line coach of that Baltimore Raven team that won the Super Bowl in 2000-2001 over uh, the Giants that year. A few years later, he was the actual coordinator. Very aggressive. Team played well. Immediately got a job. Immediately got the Jets job. Uh, I love this, what Sean Payton's doing. I do think, like I told you guys, when, when we were watching the Super Bowl, I think that Philadelphia was the better team. They proved it. Philadelphia was, um, that's the second team in Super Bowl history. Think about it. 57 Super Bowls. They were the second team in Super Bowl history to lose a late game lead. Uh, why? Because they had uh, the first one, a, 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 a double-digit uh, halftime lead. Why? Because the young coaches, the techno geeks like Pickles like the calls, uh, overwhelmed, uh, totally outcoached in the second half, both offensively and defensively. Offensively, they wouldn't run in the ball when the, when the uh, uh, quarterback was under center enough. And defensively, 
They didn't make any adjustments. They didn't even uh, cause uh, the, the, the Chiefs to punt. Now, Sean Payton, on the other hand, he's bringing back a Grizzly veteran here, Rex Ryan. He's also bringing back a former guest I brought on the program, Mike Westhoff Pickles. Mike Westhoff to help out with the special teams. <laughs> now, none of this is official. This is all rumored. Mike Westhoff said on his Twitter account today, and I'm trying to see if I can find him in here. Uh, Mike Westhoff said, last ride in Jackson Hole before heading to Denver, Colorado to meet up with an old friend. Hashtag figured out. Hashtag NFL coach, special teams author. And, of course, I put down uh, special teams. Check now, Westhoff was the uh, on those teams that got to the AFC championship game with the Jets and Rex Ryan being the head coach there, this guy, Westhoff, was the special teams coach there. You know, going back to 2017 when Sean Payton hired him originally, their special teams were in the toilet, and in Westhoff's book he says, well, uh, Sean Payton asking people, Who, who's the best special teams coach I can get? Money's not an option. They, they say one, two, three, four, five would be call Mike Westhoff. Call Mike West. This guy's like a professor of this stuff. He's the best. So Westhoff, former former guest I brought on this program. He's got a book called Figure It Out. Really good. Now think about it. You got that defense, that defense, and I named some of the players here. That defense with Patrick Sertan at cornerback. I'm bringing up the corners because that's a big deal because Rex Ryan likes to blitz a lot. Unlike these young guys are way too analytically driven. They play too much situational football. They 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 don't like the blitz at all. Not Rex Ryan, uh, but he can do it with this Denver team because they have a really good secondary. Okay, Patrick Sertan, uh, second rated cornerback according to Pro Football Focus this year. Uh, also, uh, Kay Williams. This guy, I think his name was K. Uh, he was the 11th best, the 11th best cornerback uh, in the NFL this year. The safety, Justin Simmons, uh, he was a, 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 a Pro Bowl level safety. So you've got that secondary here. Plus, you've got all these, exec, uh, these uh, exotic blitzes that you're going to have with Rex Ryan. But you got Westhoff in that rarefied air with his special teams, his punt coverage. Field position is going to be off the charts. You're going to have a strong field position. You're going to have a very aggressive defensive coordinator there, a lot of experience there. Then you're going to have, by the way, I looked up Russell Wilson's salary, $22 million cap hit. That's not bad. That's under 10%. That is within the Super Bowl range. That's under that 12.6% for Super Bowl's. Uh, you, you look at that, you look at uh, this defense on paper, guys. Uh, I'm going to think I'm exaggerating here. This may be his most talented defense that Sean Payton's ever coached. Going all the way back to the Greg Williams defense in 09, I want to say, that they end up winning that Super Bowl over the Colts there. Um, I don't think that's being hyperbolic. When you've got Westhoff with this special team's, then you got that defense. They're going to have short fields. 
Uh, I do not think Russell Wilson is washed up. I watched how he played towards the end of the year last year. They're going to get there. We're going to be able to run the ball better. Uh, he's going to be getting the, at the rid of the ball quickly. Uh, they're going to play field position. Uh, the defense is going to be really good. They actually got $11 million in cap space, man. I'm telling you, this is going to be very interesting. Um, hey, hey, yeah, yeah, Kevin, I'm glad you came on here. I noticed that you didn't send me that message until about 9.15 Sunday night. You didn't send that message when they were up by double digits when, when Philadelphia was up by double digits and Patrick Mahomes was lipping off the field. They got out coached in there. My my uh, my trends were correct there. My trends were correct. Uh, uh, there's there's too much of a youth movement in the NFL. There's too much of a youth movement in the NFL. That defensive coordinator, that offensive coordinator, and the head coach totally got out coached by Grizzly veteran uh, Andy Reid, sixty six year old Andy Reid, and also Steve Spagnato. Another 60-something-plus-year-old defensive coordinator. Remember, he's the guy that beat Brady when they had the best defense, when they had the best def- or offense in the league, that 2007, uh, 2007 New England Patriots team that had uh, Randy Moss and Wes Welker. So, essentially, yeah, I was, I was 99% of that game. I was spot on. Plus, let me throw another fact at you guys. I just saw this today by NFL Films. That play that they scored on, the touchdown before that, NFL Films says that the Chiefs were in the wrong on third down. When they took uh when they tied the game with the touchdown, the Chiefs were in the wrong formation. That should have been called illegal formation. That would have put them uh back. That could have made them have a uh a field goal attempt late in that game. The, the, the refs have a tendency uh, here lately to lean on the Chiefs because you got star power there with Patrick Mahomes. Same thing with Tom Brady. But, hey, the bottom line is they got out coached, but the, 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 the Eagles had the better players. They had the better players. They had the better players and better team most of that game. Most of that game, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you made your pick. But mine was right. Mine was right, right up to the end. To the very end, it was right. And most people know it. Most people know. They shouldn't have got there. But, hey, you you, uh, you got the better coach. You made the adjustments. And Patrick Mahomes gutted that out. And, uh, like I said, I think he's probably top five. Look at the fact that he's been to five AFC championship games, two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs. That being said, I will stand corrected on one other thing. As far as Joe Burrow, I think he's done more with less. Taking over a 6-25 and 25 coach and getting him to the Super Bowl, that's pretty impressive. I want to see, and I, and I like Patrick Mahomes. I like Patrick Mahomes, but I want to see Patrick Mahomes uh, do this without Andy Reid. He was a three-star guy out of high school. Uh, he was not the first quarterback taken. He's known to be erratic coming out. He's, he's a great raw talent. He got molded with the probably the greatest quarterback coach of all time in Andy Reid, one of the best. I mean, you know, uh, Walsh uh, with the 49ers, he had three Super Bowls with, with Joe Montana in the West Coast offense. Don't want to take anything away from him. 
But uh, I'll say this. Hey, you put it together, and they did win. But I want to see Patrick Mahomes do it with another coach that's not named Andy Reid. Not a lot of coaches, Donovan McNabb, uh, even, even a Michael Vick. Now, Vick did get to the playoffs without Reid. But every uh, I looked up a stat the other day. Every quarterback that's ever played under Reid, his, his numbers were better. Uh, QBR, completion percentage, you name it, everybody under Reed. Reed's just a very good quarterback whisper guy. Uh, he's a really good teacher. Don't want to take that away, but I don't want to put Patrick Mahomes at number one or number two, or number two. Nobody's going to go against Brady, not yet. Uh, but, you know, I don't, but I got him five. I don't think that's too high either. The Eagles are a better team than Mahomes, good enough to overcome it. Uh, yeah, that, and that, that's good. That, that, that's respectable. I picked the Bengals. Yeah, yeah, I did too. I picked the Bengals. Uh, I thought the Bengals had that game. There was a bad call in that game. I know the – I don't think this is true, but I will say this. The optics look bad for Kansas City right now uh, in the league. The optics look bad. There were some bad calls in the Kansas City AFC Championship game. There was a, there was a late hit. And I saw it two or three times. There was a late hit on, on Joe Burrow, pushed down in the end zone, and it was not called, okay? Uh, the out-of-bounds play was a BS call to give them that. Uh, going back to the FC champ, that was a BS call, too. Uh, I think maybe they were a little chirpy. Uh, t- Cincinnati was a little chirpy, and I think Kansas City may have simply uh, got, got the benefit of the doubt. But I'm just saying – the optics for Kansas City between the AFC Championship game and the Super Bowl, it looks like they're getting more 50-50 calls than the opposition. Just calling balls and strikes, okay? Uh, again, go back, NFL Films, if you guys are on Twitter, I retweeted it. Uh, it might be on Facebook too, but I did retweet it that they were totally, how many times, that gets called all the time. When you're in the wrong formation, that's almost 100% of the time, Kevin. When they went to go tie the game in the Super Bowl, uh, you know, uh, that was a wrong formation, illegal formation, totally, refs totally looked the other way. Uh, we're starting to get a very marketable Patrick Mahomes. You can make that argument that the superstar treatment is starting to come up on him. He's starting to get the Jordan rules, if you want to use a basketball analogy, or the Brady rules if you want to use a football analogy. Going back to to Rex Ryan, I do think that's a much bigger deal than people are letting on. Shannon Sharp on Rex Ryan getting hired as defensive coordinator, very likely, in air quotes, to the Denver uh, Broncos. Listen up. How impactful would Rex Ryan be? Ten. Six and Rex, he can flat out coach defense skill. I love him. I was with him for two years in Baltimore. He was the D-line coach. When I was there, Rick, um, Rick was the D-line coach. Jack Del Rio was the, was the linebackers coach, and Marvin Lewis was the D.C. Yeah. So you can see that. And Mike Smith was also on that staff who later became a head coach. So you can tell. But, Skip, I, I love him. He has a great personality. He can coach defense. He gets that. He's a chip off the old block from his dad. His dad can coach defense. Uh, he's very exotic. We know what he did with the Jets. His team went on the road, and, and they, they almost got to the Super Bowl, Skip. 
with a, a colleague of ours here, Mark Sanchez, mm-hmm. and they did the demolition job. They went to end it, beat Indy. They went to New England, beat New England, and they came up a little short against the Steelers. They did. But he can flat out coach defense. And with the pieces that they already have in Denver, Skip, mm-hmm. there's no question in my mind mm-hmm. it would be a great addition. I'm going to give it a 10. Mm-hmm. So with Rex Ryan calling the man of the defense and Sean Payton, if he can get Russ to buy 80% of what he once was, yep. the Broncos are going to be in, in business. But they- I'm telling you, uh, they're going to be hungry. They're going to be disciplined next year. They're going to be physical. They could be a dark horse. I'm not calling that, guys. I'm saying they could be. I looked at their cap situation. Denver could be a dark horse Super Bowl team next year, even coming out of the AFC West. I think the Raiders will take another step back. They're going to be dreadful. Uh, I do think the Chargers may be the strongest team in the division. Obviously, Kansas City is going to be there again. But uh, what he said there, a lot of teams do not blitz nowadays. They do not blitz enough. He does. Yeah, uh, Kevin says, yeah, you can always find a penalty somewhere. It was under the line of scrimmage. You feel like it affects the play. Yeah, so, and of course, Bengals, they have $44 million in cap space. Uh, Kevin's bringing up the Bengals. They're going to be very strong. Quite frankly, just looking at it, when the, as soon as the season ended, reading that $44 million in cap space, the Bengals should go out. Uh, and try to get a Jalen Ramsey at cornerback, uh, do something like that, go ahead, uh, maybe add a few more pieces, maybe another linebacker, something of that nature. They should load up and go all in, get the one seed, and go towards the Super Bowl. That's my opinion of the Bengals. I do think that they have that window. I do think that Joe Burrow has done more with less than Patrick Mahomes as a pro, but I can't take anything from Mahomes as well. But uh, so, yeah, yes, uh, Shannon Sharp exaggerates a lot. I do not think he's exaggerating there. I do think Rex Ryan, with with those players on that secondary, uh, I do think Ryan will be really good for the uh, uh, Denver Broncos team here, especially with my guy, Mike Wessel. I may be able to bring him back on the show and talk about the process. Remember what he said, if you guys recall the interview, he says, what I'll do is I'll take the job, I'll get it set up, and then I'll step away and have one of my assistants run it. Basically, I think what Mike was getting at is he'll 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 probably, you know, uh, go coach there next year, this coming up year for for Denver, the special teams, get it squared away, get a assistant in there, and then he'll step away, re-retire after one year. Seventy-five years old. Uh, there's been other coaches that coach way up in their seventies and eighties. Dick LeBeau coached when he was in his eighties at a high level for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They had close to the number one seed. So, yeah, this is going to be good stuff here. All righty then. Staying in the NFL. Uh, funny story. Now, this story is a few weeks old. I will admit it. But I'll say this. It, it, it struck me as funny because it, it, it seems like a parody, guys. I thought it was fake. I, I read it two or three times. You know how you read a headline like, man, I don't think. Um, uh, thank you. Thank you, Pickles. Figure it out. Yeah, I don't think it will. Um, I didn't think this story was real, guys. But apparently it is. It is. Uh, Tony Romo. CBS executives 
double down on wild Tony Romo intervention claims. Uh, when you hear about intervention, you think, was well, it got an alcohol drug problem? No, it's it, they had an intervention with him about him slacking off on the job as being a color commentator. If you guys recall, Romo joined CBS in 2017. He signed a 10-year, $180 million contract with the network uh, a few years later. Uh, I thought he was really good with Jim Nance. I like how he's predicting plays and whatnot. It's very human of all of us when we have success really early like that at a new venture. Uh, you know, that's a different skill set being a broadcaster from being a player. Uh, I think he probably just had a natural thing and started mailing it in. And I was reading some of the comments of why the CBS had this intervention. He's making these weird noises. Uh, oh, uh, ooh, I'm not sure. And cutting off Jim Nance. Basically, he was getting too familiar. Uh, he wasn't coming in with his, you know, focus like he had the first few years. Uh, this started last year, and apparently it's came about this year. Uh, he finally came out and made a statement and said, that, hey, you know what? I'll take the constructive criticism. I'm going to work on what I'm doing. I guess they didn't want to fire him because uh, he signed a 10-year deal with CBS, uh, 180. Now, Brady's is supposed to dwarf that. Now, I read something else that maybe Fox is going to go super low on everybody. I don't know how true that is. The last I know for Brady, it's going to be 31 million. And he only started 24, like 30-something million dollars a year for 10 years, some crazy amount of money. Uh, I've liked Romo. Uh, I do think he 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 did what we all do. Sometimes we get we get too relaxed, we get too familiar, and we we kind of mail in our prep work. And before you know it, uh, you act like you're just sitting at home with your feet up. I've never heard a story like this though. I never heard a story where where you say, "Hey man, you really you really sounding crazy on there. You really mailing it in." But he's he's going to work on it. But I just thought it was funny. I mean, use the word intervention. Like, you know, uh, like somebody had tried to hint around the, hey, man, you're getting a little too familiar up there in the box. Or maybe Jim Nance said something. But the fact that they said they used the word intervention. But uh, but we'll see how it plays out. I thought that was funny. Oh, there's another story. NBA. Let's, let's switch gears. Go back to the NBA. Um, there was a story here out of... Um, The NBA, okay, this was CNBC. This was a few days ago, guys. NBC Sports hopes to bring back the NBA. Uh, sources say NBC Sports is considering bidding to win back the NBA rights after more than 20 years without them. The NBA can't begin formal negotiations with companies other than Warner Brothers Discovery and Discovery before April 2024 unless they waive their exclusive negotiation rights. Disney is expected to bid on the NBA to keep games on ESPN and ABC. Uh, I do think the NBA, uh, they've got some adjustments they need to make, and I think they're working behind the scenes to do so as far as uh, really eliminating this low management. They got rid of all the social justice and political messaging. That's a check. Next thing they need to do, totally disassociate with China. 
the ratings have been down. The ratings overall have been down. Now, the last time, I, I, I tell you what, if, if they brought NBC back and got away from Disney, that would be a good thing. It would take some of the old older fans, 35 to 50 plus, back to uh, a nostalgia uh, of the glory years, okay? When you start going back to the mid-90s, this is this these are facts. The ratings were at an all-time high when the Jordan era. And you say, well, why is that? Uh, well, was it because there wasn't streaming services? And no, no. Think about it. Think about this for a second, folks. The NBA is a global sport now. Your best players, Luka Doncic is not from America. Giannis is from Greece. Uh, the Joker may win three. Uh, what is Joker from? Germany? The, the three. Uh, uh, three-time MVP, perhaps. He's won two straight, but he 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 he's uh, the favorite to win it again between him and Tatum uh, from Denver, guys. So it, it, it's a bigger game. How come the ratings are down? Well, I just mentioned some of those things. I do think, talking about the Boston story earlier in the program, talking about this with John yesterday about the NBA trade deadline and talking with you all about it, I do think the ratings are going to really spike up in the West, particularly because it's going to be so competitive between the Lakers, teams like Minnesota, uh, the, the the Phoenix thing. I think the ratings are going to be good. I would like to see it go back to the NBC to hear some of that nostalgia. I even when you hear this noise right here in 1993, you know that you were going up to have a really I do mean you were up for a really good basketball game. And I'm going to see if I could find it. I found this out on YouTube. Check it out, folks. This is the NBA on NBC. Yeah, when you heard that, you're thinking, okay, it's going to be Bulls, Knicks. Or it's going to uh, with Jordan versus Ewan, or, or it's going to be Magic with a young Shaquille O'Neal and a vet coming in his prime, Akeem Olajuwon in '94. When you heard that, those were hot 20 million plus ratings. I mean, it was off the chart back in them days. But that right there, when you heard that opening, and you heard Marv Albert's voice. And you saw Michael Jordan warming up. You're in for a big time game. When when, when I'm when I'm 11, 12, 13 years old, and the numbers back this up. This ain't me with the nostalgia. The numbers back this up. Um, I mean, I, I put the basketball down. I went inside, watched the Sunday afternoon game. When the game's over with, I go out and emulate the players out in the backyard. You know, NBA on NBC bring back the great nostalgia there. Uh, Kevin says, uh, I love the NBA in the mid nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just when you heard that, that was a big part of it. Let's hear it one more time. I mean, that is, that's big time right there, man. The NBA on NBC. 
Uh, you'd like to, you know, get an get an eighty plus year old Marv Robert. I think his son, coach. I think his son's an announcer somewhere. Uh, so I hope that happens. I know it's a few years out, but just to bring back the glory days. Uh, I think I'm predicting once LeBron gets gone, he's not going to play forever. I do think that things are going to kind of come back to normal a little bit in the NBA. I think I think some of these other younger players uh, are not wanting to get involved in all that stuff that LeBron was involved in, the divisiveness. And I, I do think it's a very – on the court, it's very healthy right now. Uh, some of the best basketball I've seen in years, guys, was last year when Boston played Milwaukee in a seven-game series. Uh, I thought those, those were great series, you know. Uh, I thought the, the Memphis series with, with Golden State was good, even though it was a six-gamer. Uh, I thought both Boston series between the Heat and, and Milwaukee, and, of course, the actual finals, you got guys like Kevin Durant tweeting out, man, this is some high-quality basketball between Golden State and Boston as well. Uh, that's good. That's good, you know. So, anyways, Joker's from Serbia. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it's a worldly game now, and the ratings aren't quite what they were during the Jordan heyday. I do think that they could get back there if the NBA plays their cards right, and it would be good just to get away from Disney, everything with Disney, and, and get more into the uh, – get back at NBC, and you get some of the old-timers here, you know? But – Okay, there's another story here. Okay, now this story is a month old. But hey, we got pitchers and catchers coming in. Major League Baseball, a lot of changes, guys, gonna come up. Pitch clock's gonna be added. Larger base is gonna be added. Um, uh, eliminating shifting is gonna be added to Major League Baseball. Uh, so it's gonna be quicker. Uh, it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be more scoring. Now, if they can tighten the season up, beggars can't be choosy. I like that so far. There was a story in the Athletic going back last uh, January the 16th. Uh, it says MLB. This is from the Athletic expansion. Nashville group led by Dave Stewart makes pitch for Music City as a Major League Baseball looks towards the future. Commissioner Rob Manfield has been open about his desire to eventually expand to 32 teams with MLB needs to start out the stadium situations with the A's and the Rays before they can fully focus on adding additional franchise. A handful of markets have emerged as potential options for new teams. This week, we'll take a look at four of the biggest ones, starting with Nashville. Uh, Dave Stewart pulled up a chair of the outskirts uh, lower lo lobby battle in uh, Manchester Grand Hyatt one afternoon last month. The crowd at the winter meetings flow past him. He says he's trying to explain how he spent the past year his professional life getting interrupted. So that would be – now, I'll tell you what, that would be something. Uh, you know, there's been uh, there's been talks of maybe the Baltimore Orioles coming to Nashville – there's been talks of maybe getting, and I think it's what he was saying, maybe do something and just flat out expansion. You know, I, I've always said that Major League Baseball in a town 
like Nashville would really thrive, particularly in the American lead, I think. In the American lead, I, I do think it would thrive. Um, uh, look, look how far Baltimore is from Nashville. Chicago, I think, is the closest American lead city, and they're like almost 500 miles. Uh, Kansas City uh, Royals, Nashville's growing almost at a too fast a pace right now. But this is the second story I've read here in the last few years. Now, this is talking about actual expansion. Uh, other, other talks, I think it was last year that uh, talks with the owner, there's some kind of uh, dispute going between the family that owns the Baltimore Orioles to move the Orioles down to Nashville. Uh, uh, a few years ago, guys, 10, 12 years ago, before Washington got a team with the Nationals, that group talked to the mayor of Nashville and wanted to move them to Nashville uh, before they, when they were with the Montreal Expos. Now, that didn't work out. Now, of course, that was a National League team. That was probably the mayor didn't want to do it, said we didn't have the money. But the more you think about it, probably would have worked out better that that didn't happen because that would have put another National League team that would have hurt the markets of uh, St. Louis, Cincinnati, and Atlanta. All those are uh, all those our uh, National League team. So American League team would be really good here for the Nashville area, uh, us locals who are already pulling our hair out because of so much growth right now. Uh, it would be cool. I mean, like I was talking to John yesterday on the program. I mean, I, I'm not a big in love with the hockey, but man, my friends at work, a lot of them, they're sporting the Predator stuff. Uh, the Predators' popularity has grown the Titans are really popular. The dome is going to be built here in the next few years. Not in love with that. Uh, I'd much rather have an outdoor stadium, but that's going to attract the Super Bowl to the town. So I do think the town can hold it. Uh, it's growing so fast here. 100 people a day. Last time I checked, this was only two years ago, had moved to the Nashville, Middle Tennessee area. Uh it's moving so fast. I think the census cannot even keep up with it here in the city, but I think eventually baseball will be good. I, I prefer a, a, an NBA team, but I tell you what, uh, major league baseball, Nashville on the falls, pretty nice place. It's very nice here in, in May, you know, pickles, very nice place here in May. Uh, yeah. Uh, Kansas city is a pretty good distance. You know, Kansas city and Chicago drove to both of them. That's a pretty good distance. That's well past St. Louis. So that's something to um, to keep an eye on. I'm, I'll take a lot. Uh, I would take that over a soccer or a hockey team. But hey, it is what it is. Uh, I think Major League Baseball, like the NBA, I think they're finally starting to hear the critics. You got the um, designated here in the National League. Well, you've got the pitch clocks, uh, the eliminating, shifting. Now, if we can shift the season around a little bit, start a little sooner. By the way, you know, I had Kavarius Tier, University of Tennessee baseball player on. I want to say he told me that the, the college baseball season 
starts this weekend, which is February the 18th. Let me double check that. Um, I want to say, yeah, start of college baseball, Kavarius Tears playing with Tennessee. I got to see if he's going to be starting this weekend. So if the college people can do it, why can't the major league people can do it? I understand about weather situations this time of year. Uh, a lot of smart people. Yeah, you do the scheduling right. Then first uh, few weeks in the rough months here, maybe not as early as February. I do think March can be pulled off. I know you're going to have some delays. Make those up in the summertime. Uh, and uh, this season, this, the regular season should end in July. And then the playoffs in, in, in August, World Series around Labor Day weekend. But beggars can't be choosy, Pickles. Yeah, so Pickle says it's 500 and 525 between Chicago from Nashville and Kansas City. Uh, get all the con uh, lower Kentucky people, northern Alabama people. Tennessee's a pretty big state. Memphis, Knoxville, here in Nashville. Uh, that would be a very interesting uh, proposition for the, uh, the, the people of the Nashville, Tennessee area. But it's been talked about for 20 years, practically, getting a Major League Baseball team here. So if you guys like the show, share the show. Hope to have uh, hope to have uh, Carlos Mad New York and possible. Yeah, and maybe it can all come together, put the dome with the convertible, uh, use the Major League Baseball, uh, kind of do like the Raiders and the A's did, uh, use that. It would really work, Pickles. It would really work if the season could get shifted. That'd be the next big thing. That'd be the next more people. Once I get bigger platforms, maybe baseball, I'll listen to people like me and, and and shift baseball where practically it's done, Pickles. Before the season starts in the NFL, you're not going into multiple months, maybe weeks of the NFL. And uh, you'll have some, if there's playoff, uh, you know, uh, considerations, I think it could be worked out if you get enough smart people working together in unison. I never thought this town 30 years ago as a kid growing up that they would even have any professional team. I was really surprised when they got the NFL pickles back in the late 90s, you know. So anyways, uh, half a billion tax dollars, yeah, I tell you what, that would definitely bring a lot of happiness to the people here in Nashville Gets a little boring here in the summertime. Keep that between me and you. If you guys like the show, share the show. Again, hope to have Carlos Mad New Yorker Chavez in tomorrow. We'll go over the Super Bowl. We'll go over some of the biggest sporting news that happened all over the week. And uh, either way, I'll see you back tomorrow. Same time, same place here on Sports Scope.